Welcome back to the Work For It podcast. We are doing a show without Brian House. Boo hiss, I know. We're going to miss him. But before we get into the show with just Ben and me, let's go ahead and thank our sponsors. First sponsor, Maritime Knife Supply. If you're a maker in general, knife making or whatever you do, you got to go to MaritimeKnifeSupply.ca. Check out what they have. They have almost everything under the sun. And Lawrence Lake is a great guy. So go over there and get those deals. Get that you know Canadian to American dollar exchange rate. You're making some money off of that. And the shipping is nice and quick. If you're a knife maker and you want to take your knives up to the next level, go ahead and check out bakerforge.com. That's where you're going to find Baker Fortune Tool. There's some amazing Damascus over there. And Koi Baker is one hell of a guy. Uh, they're always coming out with really cool stuff and definitely go check them out. Also, I want to thank the, the Patreon supporters. We couldn't do this show. Let's get into the show! Hello! <laughs> God, how in the hell does Brian do that every week? That hurt my voice. <laughs> oh, it is not easy. I will tell you that much. <laughs> Did you like those little voice cracks in there? <laughs> yeah, no, me too. Yep. I oh, heard him Jesus. on the uh, on uh, the makeshift podcast. He he woke those boys up last week. I think it was. <laughs> it's was pretty good. <laughs> I don't think Corey could hang. <laughs> Dude, you know, how you are know, you, Ben? It's it's been I'm, a minute since it's just been the two of us. Dude, I know. I was thinking about that today. It's been several months, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. Last time we did one together, it went like three hours or some crazy shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, I'm gonna be speaking horse the rest of the show just because of that bullshit. <laughs> oh man, that's a good way to start the show. It gets you in the right mind frame, you know. <laughs> oh man. So Ben, I'm getting absolutely slammed with snow right now. We've got I know. we've got three inches already on the ground and probably somewhere between seven and ten more to go. Some people like the more seven and ten size, Ooh. some people like the three inch size. I you know hey, it's I'll all take up whatever to you. I can get, you know. <laughs> hey man, oh man. But yeah, so, so this just did you guys is like Sorry, nor'easter. Do you guys have nor'easters up there? Is that a thing? Well, we've we've got no, not at all, because we've got the the lakes all the way around us here in Michigan. So, so you got none lake of that effect. actually. Yeah, yeah, it's all lake effect. We get the bullshit that probably starts right around where you're at over in Idaho. Like as yeah. it's coming up, as it's coming across, it just kind of weakens out, and then all of a sudden it gets that crazy lake effects, and mm -hmm. it just gets worse. It gets worse. <laughs> we've got a <laughs> so, weird one here in Boise where we sit down in the bowl between two sort of mountain ranges and the storms come bouncing off the mountains to the north and if we're going to get weather down here in the valley it'll actually hook around and come at us from the east which is kind of strange you know like you watch it come and you watch it off to the north and it's sitting over the mountains and then it'll creep down and hook back around it's really kind of odd um, and usually if we get snow down here in the valley, they don't get snow in the mountains, which weird. is kind of, kind of weird, but yeah, we knock on wood. We haven't gotten a, we haven't All gotten right. any, uh, big storms down here. We got to stop talking about the weather. Nobody gives hey, a shit about that on the fucking podcast. Rocker? Give me that fucking rocker, junior. <laughs> <laughs> all right man so what in the hell's going on in your shop this week has it been all figuring out this giant leather um order yeah in Atlanta? some of that for sure uh we did a bunch of basement stuff had the had the family out uh the in-laws were out and we got a ton of basement stuff knocked out um 
down to kind of just building furniture and cabinetry basically we got all the trim done and bunch of other little odds and ends it's kind of down to that you know odd and end job uh portion right now like caulking and hanging a few pieces of trim here and there and all that but for all intents and purposes we're pretty much ready to take photos and finally close the books on the insurance claim which that'll feel damn good man so um, i was talking to emily about that did anything come with was there any sort of like lawsuit with that situation or is it all just covered by insurance and you're it all just it ended up being covered by insurance and i guess if insurance wanted to go after the water authority people they could have but i didn't hear of anything like that happening so yeah they just claimed vandalism and paid us basically hey man screw I'll it take i mean it. I, who's who's gonna complain about that you got your Fuck money yeah. it's all fixed yeah so that worked out pretty good but kind of yeah in the middle of all that been working on the atlanta leather job um as with all jobs you know uh i've been going back through they're trying to see where they could maybe uh save a few pennies here and there so we're and and like i said before they kind of inherited this design so the deeper i get into it you know the more you start looking at unknowns and just shit like that and so kind of ended up re-engineering the um some of the hardware requirements a bit to where we're decreasing the number of of uh straps that hang from the ceiling and uh trying to re-engineer a little bit a uh attachment system to attach these belts to the ceiling you know like 24 foot long by seven inch wide 14 to 15 ounce thick ass leather yeah, that's gonna be pretty heavy. How much? <laughs> how much would one? I mean, obviously you haven't done one yet, but how much do you think that would weigh per strap? I'm guessing, I'm guessing around forty pounds. Okay, you know? so you know, all you have to do is just throw up some of those uh, adhesives, you know, sticky yeah, things. Yeah, 3M and, sticky back things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Some, yeah. Maybe. You no, know, hold on, hold on. Maybe you should like up your game a little bit and get some of that industrial double-sided tape. Oh. Oh, that'd be better. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, X Fasten has some pretty good tapes. I, I'll hit them up. Some freebies. Oh, yeah. Cool. Cool. <laughs> but you know, the, maybe the a little bit part, of CA glue up there. Right. What's really funny about that is like, I literally don't even know what the ceiling is going to be made of. I don't oh, know what's on the ceiling. On. Come on. This is becoming more and more of a bullshit situation <laughs> where like, okay, me. well, th I'm it's going to be, it's going to be 11 foot. <laughs> Hold on just a second. It's going to yeah. be 11 foot tall and it's actually 24 foot oh, tall. It's yeah. going to be, you know, this, but it's actually going to be that. And now it's, it you know, is. we're not even going to tell you what you're attaching to. It's like close your eyes and bid, you know, and then, oh, by the way, if we got to save a few coin here. Can we re-engineer this? So it's been a lot of back and forth. Um, but I, the, the biggest thing for me is uh all of the work has to be warranted for a period of one year um okay and so i always have that leg to fall back on and say no i'm not comfortable doing this or that and if i have to then my, my, i won't warranty it you know so and i haven't had to use that card yet thankfully they've been really great to work with but one of the things that they that the, the original design was basically just um 
like a, almost like a, uh, I don't know what you call it, almost like a handle on a, on a cabinet pole, you know, where it sticks out in almost like a U-shape that you would grab that and pull the drawer out. Well, something like that was designed to be screwed to the ceiling, and then that leather strap be folded around that little U, and then everything hangs from that. Okay. My fear is that leather stretches over right. time. It's right? a natural material. It's going um, to, you know, it's gonna stretch. Move. Yeah. Right. So I, I want a system, I want a tensioning system built into it. And so that's kind of what I've been designing um, where I would essentially mount a, like an uh, I-beam to the ceiling. And it doesn't have to be a big heavy steel I-beam, but, you know, a pretty beefy I-beam of sorts that I could then screw two or drill two holes in and then fix a U-bolt into that so that the bolts at the top could tension the whole strap, right? Mm. So that's kind of what I've been designing, but... Here's another question. Is it mm -hmm. connected to the floor at all? Is it completely free-hanging? Yeah. No, it'll be connected to the floor as well. And and the, the same hardware was specced for the ceiling and the floor. Mm. Um, but again, it doesn't... You know, it, it, the only way, I mean, if my measurements in the shop here are off by a half an inch, right, the straps sag instead of being held taut. Mm. So that's where I'm, I'm uh, designing that tensioning system to be built in. At 24 feet off the ceiling, I'm not too worried about looks, right? Here's it's, another crazy question. Is yeah. there anyone else who does this that you can, like, look as, as an example like, is there There's, anywhere um, else? Is there anywhere else out there that has something like this much leather, free floating, like you, what you're planning on not doing? Not that I've found, honestly. Oh, like, they sent two or three images, uh, like inspiration photos, you know, where where they saw this type of thing done elsewhere. But based on the photos, um, the photos have all. Like each belt is one continuous piece of leather, which tells me that can't be more than an eight foot span because a hide of leather is only so long, you know? Right. Like the biggest I've seen is maybe seven feet, right? <laughs> so I would say the biggest span that I've seen is eight feet, you know, maybe nine feet max. So. I have not seen anybody doing 24 freaking feet of leather. I mean, it's just, it's obscene. So, yeah, no, nobody really to bounce ideas off of. Most leather workers uh, know the properties of leather for things like belts, wallets, knife right. sheaths, saddles. Right. <laughs> and, like, know. it's, it's kind of like, you know, when you're, when you're working on knives and you're working on three-inch knives, well, grinding a three-inch knife is nothing like grinding a sword. Right, right. And it's yeah. it's you got to think about other things. You got to do different things to do it well. And yeah. if you were to grind a sword like you grind a three-inch knife, then things are going to get wonky by things the end of bad, it. Things are bad, bad, yeah. Yeah, and that's where it's kind of this gray area. Thankfully, with enough experience, you know, sort of in finished carpentry and that kind of stuff blended with leather work, I mean, I at least have some idea, or, or at least I feel like I'm catching all of the gotchas ahead of time. I'll never catch all of them, obviously, but yeah, it sounds I like think these people are trying to get you. 
is what it is. Yeah, it's <laughs> thankfully, you know, when I ask questions, they're as in the dark as I am. So at least there's that, you know. Mm. And I think it's I, I don't know. I'm taking the whole thing as just a, a learning experience, you know. And thankfully, knock on wood, you know, I'll make some money out of it and uh, learn a hell of a lot. And maybe it turns into the next one. Here's a question that maybe you answered before, but I just don't remember. Um, the 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 money that they put down, if yeah. they end up deciding like, oh shit, this isn't for us, do they get that back or is this a non-refundable situation? <laughs> well, it's non-refundable. Okay, good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I made sure that that was in there. Like, look, <clears throat> you know, cause I, I've got, I've, I got the first check, which covers materials. Okay. So um, worst comes to worst, you're not, you know, shit yeah. in the bed. Well, that's what I said, you know, initially I was like, when I first got the check, I was like, look, I don't, I don't, I'm afraid to spend anything here. <laughs> you know, you're still going back and forth on the damn design. Like, I'm afraid to start ordering stuff until we have the, the, the design and everything finalized. And they're like, no, yeah, we, we signed your terms. And so the first you know, 50% or whatever is non-refundable. So they're like, we're committed to this. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> you better be. <laughs> All right. So enough leather talk. What else is going yeah. on in your shop this week? Man, the only other thing I got cooking right now is I'm making some trophies for... What? Uh... Yeah, man, I was all over the place, you know, basement remodel, leather, leather work, uh, interior design and trophies. Yeah. So Jack's playing in a basketball tournament this coming weekend that is uh, hosted by his school. But okay. it's for all of the all the Catholic schools in Idaho come together and they play this big seventh and eighth grade basketball tournament. They have boys teams and they have co-ed teams so it's a pretty big tournament it'll sure. it'll take place in like four or five different schools across town there'll be games going on simultaneously and it's kind of a big deal well the dude that used to make the trophies passed away this past year and so they reached out to me and said hey would you would you make i don't know what it is nine trophies i think so they're pretty simple, just like the cutout, a cutout of the state of Idaho mounted to a board, and then they bought some, some hardware, some engraved plaque thing that goes now, on it, and yeah. Here's the thing: could you just whip this out on the shop bot and call it good? Yeah, I ended up actually just going with they had a pattern already, and so I just I just took the pattern, rough cut them on the bandsaw, and then just flush trim bit and went around and. It was probably quicker just to do the flush trim bit than to run it on the CNC, you oh, know? Oh, sure. Well, here's the question. Deals. Is this a one-off thing, or are you going to be doing this every year where maybe it might be worth throwing into the shop bot situation? Yeah, I could. I mean, it, it would be easy enough to throw on there. Um, like, I've got a file for the state of Idaho and stuff like that. So, certainly could. Um, I was going to step it up and do the engraving stuff on the laser, actually interesting how uh, does how does wood take a laser engraver like does, really well i always thought that it would be like burnt all up and like mm -hmm. i don't know no wood does exceptionally well um i've been in i've been doing a lot of leather as well and leather engraves incredibly well on the huh. on the laser in fact some of the um i just made a couple of aprons over 
the holidays and stuff that I engraved people's logo into the chest patch. And that worked out great. Um, what was it? Nate's knives, not knives, but Nate's Nathan something. I can't remember his handle, but I just made a apron for him not long ago and had his logo engraved in the chest and man, it came out incredible. Um, you know, he turned the power down quite a bit. I think on leather, I'm going about 30% is all. Okay. And I've only got like a 10 watt laser, so it's not the most powerful thing in the world, but. Um, Gets the job done. Yeah, works great. Honestly, I, I mean, the next step up is to be able to cut things, you know, and I can cut, um, I can cut up to about quarter inch plywood with a couple of passes on my laser, but um, if you're just looking to engrave and stuff, the 10 watt is great. Now it won't do metal, but hey, for what it is, you know. Yeah, those those metal metal lasers, they're just up at a different level, and it's it's crazy. But yeah, you know, I've seen Gentry's Matt Gentry's before. Yeah. Like I haven't seen it work, but I just happened to walk through the room that it's in, and yeah. holy God, do I want one now? It's crazy, <laughs> man. It's so freaking crazy, and it's silent too. You know, that's what always trips me out about the laser is it's it's practically silent. Yeah. Every other tool you have in a shop typically makes a shit ton of noise you know right and those lasers just beep, 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 they just go along you hear the motors on the servos more than anything but man yeah rent over at bald man knife and tool he's been putting his logo like really enlarged and diagonal on his blades yeah and, like, his logo is already badass looking and this this oh my god it just looks so cool it does i've been seeing that it looks killer killer so what do you got going on, man? I see you're insulating the old shop there, huh? <laughs> so that's that's a job and a half, and it's a I did some ass, really sketchy shit doing putting that up, but you know it is what it is. So <clears throat> the big announcement is everything except okay, every tool is in my shop that I nice. have in the old shop. There's still like a couple of small things and like a little shelf and a, a okay. my cabinet like my. My uh, stationary cabinet thing that yeah. you know had most of my materials in there, um, so that's still in the old shop. I just didn't have room in the van left for it. But right. all of my tools are in my my new shop, which means you know now it's just I'm building my grinder room. I'm insulating. I'm putting up electricity. Yeah. Our, like plugs everywhere, and then I get to organize, and then I finally get to back get, get back to work. Nice. So, Here's how my last couple days went down, and, you know, it's almost embarrassing how stupid I was. So <laughs> I've been building out this grinding room, and, like, I built one wall, and I made it. I <laughs> The original plan was just to use materials that, that was in the old – or like in the house. Found materials. Found yep. materials. So, like, cabinets I tore apart, and every everything that was big and, you know, usable I was using. Mm -hmm. There's also quite a bit of material left in the garage, so I was just trying to, you know, use everything and yeah. you know maybe get away with only spending a couple hundred dollars in my build. Mm -hmm. So what what ended up happening is I I went and bought a four by four and I you know ten foot four by four and I put that as like one pillar so to okay. to kind of give myself something to attach to. Yep. So you know that was that was fifteen bucks whatever. Yep. So I go and run my my you know studs across and I go to start putting up these these pieces of um like the ply board 
mm-hmm. you know, they're two foot sections by eight foot tall and they're going up and, you know, I already had run out before I made it to the wall. And then <laughs> the sec- next time I was in Menards, I was just looking around like, oh, what else is out there? And I found this, I, I think I already talked about this on the show, so I'll skip over it. But basically I, I got, you know, this really thin, nice, large piece yeah, the for five bucks stuff. a piece. Yeah, 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 it worked. And it looks super nice. So yep. I got in, I went in, I went back in and I bought more to do the ceiling portion because I had put up my lights without putting my ceiling in yet so that mm, it wasn't, mm-hmm. or no, I, I had put in a tarp. I thought I was just going to use a tarp to, you know, okay. kind of keep it all in. And yep. I realized that that was some bullshit and, you know, I should do something <laughs> a little bit better. And for 10 bucks, you know, I can, I can get the, you know, the, Pieces hey, that there's are many a roof well. in West Virginia put together with a tarp, man. Yeah, don't, yeah, don't knock yeah. It but you try it. <laughs> what came down is I actually had Emily out in the shop, and she came out and like looked. It was like, she's like, you know, this so is blue. <laughs> well, no. So what she said was, you know, this is your livelihood. Why are you bullshitting this? Like, uh, why, why are you uh, taking the cheap and easy point. route? She got a point. This is what you're going to be grinding in for potentially the next 20, 25, 30 years. Yeah, so see what I told you—that starter home, that starter home just turned into a twenty-five-year shop. Well, you never know. <laughs> and plus, it's like ten more dollars to get more of this board. Yeah, I, yeah, I got a side with her. So, anyways, I, I took down the tarp and I took down the lights that I strung up and I put up. I started putting up this board, and then halfway through putting it up, mm-hmm. you know, towards the end of the day. Um, I realized like, oh shit, I still need to insulate the ceiling and I cannot mm. get to the ceiling once this board is up. Right. So come the next day, I start taking down that, that ceiling <laughs> and, you know, I had already gotten the ceiling up and whatever, and I'm taking right. that down. So I'm already undoing what I did yesterday. And I spend <laughs> all day putting up this insulation because I've never done this before. Oh, I watched a pain one, in the ass. I watched one YouTube video. And mm-hmm. I just tried to do it. Like, I, now you're whatever. An expert. Well, yeah, I'm a YouTube expert, of course. <laughs> and so I'm putting it up. And first of all, you know, I'm using this ladder and it, I can't quite get to the peak on this ladder. So I ended up stepping up onto the, like, the little trusses. The, the not and, a step step. Yeah. Well, not, I wasn't stepping up. Well, you're on beyond the, the, not the not a step. <laughs> I was walking up in the rafters. <laughs> you know, I, I had a little board that I was putting down and, you know, uh-huh. it, was, it was definitely holding my weight. And I was, quote unquote safe i i don't think osha would be too pleased had a couple framers try that when they put the second story on our house and two of them fell through the fucking ceiling well thanks for telling me after (laughs) i did it i appreciate that well anyway so i i spent all day trying to get these things routed up and you know it's i'm climbing through and i'm definitely not being safe and luckily i'm wearing a respirator so i don't have cancer yet Mm -hmm. but anyway so i spend all day and put it all up there Towards Sounds the end like of the day, I just a harness, probably. But anyway, so I'm I'm up there and I'm you know putting in the last little bit and I was like, oh shit, this is kind of pretty because you stand from one side and you can look all the way clear to the other side and you can see all the insulation and all the tape yeah. I ran through and you know yeah. I only had done of my of the ten like like it, rolls that I will need to put up, I put in the first four okay. and like. You know, it's it's a decent amount. I'm gonna show my work for the day. So I turn around, snap a picture, put it up, and uh, the first comment is, "Oh, I heard that you're not supposed to insulate that part of the ceiling." Yeah, and which I'm part? like, "What?" <laughs> and I get another comment like, "Oh, how much room is between the insulation and the ceiling itself?" 
And you don't need that. Well, and the thing is, I didn't put up any. And then I start getting comments like, "Oh, well, that's that's gonna cl- that's going to condensate like the outside of a Coke can on a summer's day." So, so you heard a bunch of comments from know it all, know nothings. Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> I don't know about that because some of, I mean, most of those know it all, know nothings, quote unquote, from Ben Butler, listen to the show. So I, I'm yeah. not gonna insult anybody. I know. So it's, but, it's a debate, I'll say that, in, in how to insulate a, a, a ceiling with a cold attic space, right? Um, so here's the thing. Um, basically what it boiled down to is the proper way to do it is to leave space in between the insulation and the ceiling so there's like at least an inch or two between the two. It never actually touches and that is so that there's like this little buffer zone where it's between the two temperatures of the really hot inside and the really cold outside so that yeah. you don't get that condensation like the outside of a Coke can on a humid summer day. Yeah. So that when that condensation happens, it, it soaks into the wood and eventually rots the wood. So yeah. what I decided and what I kind of came to is that, okay, I've already put up these four. I'm not going to take these down just because I already have them up. But what I'm going to do is the rest of it, I'm going to get the um, the insulation board, like that foam board stuff. Yeah. And that's apparently what you're supposed to use. I didn't know. And I'm going to do the rest of the ceiling in that. And then a year from now, once it's had time to like really settle, I'm going to go back up there at the peak where apparently it's the worst. And I'm going to cut a little section and I'm going to put my hand through. And if it's wet, then I'm mm-hmm. going to replace it. If it's fine... I'm going to say, fuck it, let's roll. Were you insulating next to the roof or just the the bottom of the truss? Oh, right. At, like ceiling, like the other side of this plyboard is the shingles. This is shingles. So there, yeah, you definitely want an air gap. And they make an air baffle. Um, yeah, but here's the thing. Those air baffles, they're like, they're sold by the foot and they're like two bucks a pop. And by the time yeah. I measured that out, <laughs> it's literally more money in the air baffles than it is in the insulation. It is. So what what typically happens is your, at least the insulation jobs that I've seen is that you'll, the, the insulation doesn't fill the entire cavity just by, by the way it's made, you know? Um, so if your truss or if your rafter is a two by six, your insulation only goes three or four inches deep. And then that sort of naturally, if you open the craft paper, then you can staple that to your rafters on the inside of the So here's the thing. It's all two by four. Okay. Then you'll be tight. My insulation is three and a half inches thick. Yep. So then you'll be tight. You could use other stuff for that too, for those baffles. Um, and there'll naturally be some air getting in there, right? Well, a big thing that you would want to make sure of is that down in your are your soffits vented on the outside? So I looked at that too, and it's also not vented on the outside, yeah. which luckily which do, it's, it's yeah, that's it's not, stuff you it's stuff you can pop out and replace. So I, I'll yeah. probably do that. And there's some air getting in there, right? And I mean, the biggest thing is where your rafter meets the wall a lot of times that gets stuffed up with insulation so no air from the outside can come in but you're right you want a cold layer of air oh son of a bitch in between i i stuff the insulation down into that gap assuming that that's what you're supposed to do no that's that's the idea is you still want that cold layer of air coming um 
uh, from outside in behind your insulation. And sometimes it's enough just to have that opened up so that air can get in there and sort of make its way so you have that cold bubble between the shingles. You know, you can tell a roof that's poorly insulated if you drive by in the winter and it's melting like a son of a bitch, you know. Oh, damn um, but <laughs> you can always crawl up there and open that up a little bit. But yeah, yeah it's, but a, I just it's spent... a tricky so, uh, thing. So it's a pain in the here, ass. Here's what it all comes down to. I spent all day trying to build up my grinding room and I got it set up right. And then I was like, oh, shit, I need to insulate. So I tore down what I just did. I put <laughs> up the insulation. I now realize that I did it wrong and now I'm going to tear that shit all right. down. So I'm going to be working uh... on I'm going to be working on the third day, undoing the second day, which undid <laughs> the first day. And I'm pissed off. <laughs> Does your garage have a ceiling? Yeah, I mean it's it's I mean no, like flat, I guess not. No, so so basically it's wide open all the way up to the rafters. Correct. Okay, because that's the other thing. If it had a ceiling, like mine has a ceiling, and I'm just going to insulate the ceiling and not insulate the rafters. Honestly, like I'm just kind of thinking about just doing that. Yeah. Because like, how much less would it be to just? put a ceiling on there and then insulate the top of that instead of doing it all the way up to the peak and back down. That would probably be less insulation. Um, and there's less concern at that point. Right. Because I don't, and that, that end when it comes to heating and or cooling, right. If you're insulated all the way up to the peak, then you're essentially heating or cooling that entire space as well. So like for mine, I'm going to insulate the ceiling. My ceiling's like seven and a half feet tall in my shop. And then I'll just be able to heat and cool this small room down here. I won't have to heat and cool that whole attic space as well. This is what And you happens. could put, um, you could use, you know, for your ceiling, depending on how, how big of a span it is, you could use something, you know, two by four might be enough on two foot centers or two by six on two foot centers might be might be enough to do your ceiling you know it doesn't need to be super super strong um, yeah i'm just i'm just so disillusioned about all of the work i put in and now i'm taking apart i'm just <laughs> <sighs> it's not the end of the world honestly and i think your your thought process is probably good where you know leave it go for a few days if you're if you're not heating and cooling it you know if you're not heating it constantly then you may not have a problem at all, you know? Well, here's the other thing is like, when I'm working, I'm gonna have a little heater in there. So, I'll, I mean, when I am working in the winter, it's gonna be all day I'm heating the inside and trying yeah. to keep it hot. But especially like, when I've got that forge kicked on, it's gonna get hot in there. Yeah, it's like gonna get hot, warm hot. fast. Yeah, and you can build so, condensation pretty quick. That's Especially that's with like really snow on the roof and, um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, maybe at least crawl down there and open it up by the wall a little bit. And... Yeah, I don't know. I'm I'm gonna. I mean, sure. If you guys are out there and you know a hell of a lot more than I do, please yeah, hit me, me up. Too. I'm talking. I'm talking to Jeremy Ballaball, and he's giving me the what for, and yeah. the how to do it. And like, I'm a... I'm totally down with it. But if there's yeah. if there's a better way, or if you're saying, oh shit, what you're doing is fine, or oh shit, you got to start over. Yeah, I'd rather do that now then get everything set up and then tear apart my grinding room for a, a second time. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. 
Yeah, it's one of those things, and, and guys that do insulation all the time probably know a hell of a lot better than I do as well. So, But I, as far as I've known, you know, you just want that cold layer of air between the roof and your insulation, between the sheathing of the roof and your insulation board. And then if you let some of that come up from, you know, the bottom there by where the, where the wall meets the rafter, and you could even take those, buy one of those egg crate things, those vent things, and cut it into small pieces and just put that baffle at the bottom. I've seen that too, you know. Uh, but with two by four rafters, you, you just don't have a hell of a lot of room, you know. And that's where I th almost think that maybe doing the, the board is going to be the way to go. It's yeah. going to be a pain in the ass, but like... No, well, the other thing to look for, board. too, is what kind of R value you're going to get out of the board. As far as I remember, rigid foam, I think, tops out at, like, R9 or something. Oh, shit. You know, so it's not going to be all that much R value with that rigid shit. Um, uh, I but, don't know anymore, man. I'm just trying to make a living over here, and this shit know, is getting right? me pissed off. Yeah. All right, anything, anyway... The rest of my week, um, yesterday I built the grinding table that Brian House told me to buy. So whenever, no. I mean, of course, you know, I'm trying to set up a grinding table. So who's the first person I call? Brian freaking House. The grinder who, man. The grinder man. The guy who would know better than anyone else what the best table to put it on is. So I, I get a message over to him. He's like, okay, I'm looking and, you know, what is it that you do? And he just buys it from Sam's Club. And it's, mm -hmm. it's this little... Basically, it looks like something that you'd put in a kitchen and be able to, like, wheel around. As It's got, like, a almost a hardwood, not quite a butcher block table, but kind of like a butcher block table. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's a really nice setup. It's got a bunch of, you know, nice, you know, pull-out drawers and a cabinet thing on the side. And it's it looks pretty nice. So I've got that all nice. built up. I did a little, um, you know, I've been doing these, you know, time lapses whenever I'm doing a project just so I have some content to put up. Yeah. And so I did this time lapse and I thought, okay, I'm going to do this time lapse with me building it. And then later today, when I finish putting together the rest of the grinder room, I'm going to put my grinder on top of that, set it up the way I want to set it, and then show it off in the end. And right. then I put up the insulation and realized, oh shit, I've got to tear this all apart. I'm done for the day. <laughs> Fuck this all. Ugh. So I didn't quite do that. Now, you know. Yeah. It's a, you know, even looking up shit on insulation, there's so many different. Uh, variables and circumstances um i mean it it's a bottomless pit yeah it's absolutely you know and a lot of opinions as well um which gets nightmarish like our um i remember when we did our second story edition and it worked out where we had a 12 12 pitch roof and then framing rooms inside of that you know our upstairs rooms you've got the slope of the roof and then there's a knee wall. So like in our bedroom, you can't stand right right at the edge of the room because your head hits the ceiling. Okay. You know, so it's almost A-frame-esque up there. And it just didn't leave a whole lot of room for insulation, you know. Mm -hmm. And the contractor and I went back and forth six ways to Sunday on how best to insulate it. Um, and we didn't have any vents. There were no vent, there was no vent. And I, and I kept saying, you know, we need to have a vent in here to keep that cold layer of air between the roof and the insulation. Well, in the end, 
I won. <laughs> um, and he had to go back and put vents in the soffits and everything else. And it, it cost him a shitload of money. So even a quote unquote professional contractor got it wrong. So mm. don't feel too bad. <laughs> <laughs> so this jackass who watched one YouTube video shouldn't feel bad about screwing no. things up. I think this okay. jackass I hired watched two YouTube videos. You know? Okay. Well, that but, uh... one YouTube video, you're a novice. Two YouTube videos, you're a master. You should fucking know better. <laughs> yeah. The other big thing that I've been super excited about is doing all of these interviews. I've been getting back yeah, man, on the horse been about- cranking them. Yeah, I've been trying to get back up on the horse, and so, you know, I've been I've been trying to get them out, and let's see, I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight that are currently in, like in the hopper, ready to go. Sweet. And um, I've got another one I'm doing tomorrow with a return of Maximus Knives, and then on Friday I'm doing one with Koi Baker, and nice. um, you know we're we're just rolling them out. But I've decided that instead of doing so. The problem with how it was going before is I was doing them every single week and it was, it's a lot of fun. I truly enjoy the yeah. art of doing these interviews and, you know, getting people to talk about themselves and really highlight what they're doing and yep. put on a great show all at the same time. Um, the problem was, is that it was getting really hectic and yeah. I was getting like just way overwhelmed with everything going on. Two shows a week's a lot, man. It's That's the thing. So what I'm kind of decided to do is, you know, pare it back a little bit, do a show every other week. Yep. So, you know, it's still, it's two shows a month and that's, that's a lot less than four shows a month. Yeah. Um, so, but... you know, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that. But on the other hand, that frees me up to, first of all, do what I need to do in the shop and get my, my shit together. Yep. And then also it frees me up to really do some really in-depth research so I can do much better interviews. Yeah. And, you know, I know I know Jeff Fader's probably rolling his eyes because he does this in his sleep. And, you yeah. know, he's he's really good at it, and that's that's awesome. And, he, you know, but it's just, it's the situation I'm in right now. And if things start right. going well. His and, shop's you know, set up, too. Yours is just getting built. Uh, you know, there's a little bit of A, little bit of B there. But yeah. the on the other hand, like, you know, if I, I'm currently about a month and a half or two, two, two and a half months out already, already in the books. Yep. So it's kind of getting to the point where I have so much in the bank. Maybe I should switch to one a month. But then at the end of that, mm -hmm. I'm going to get swamped again. I don't know. I, 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 I guess my question, my question to the people listening is once every other week okay with you guys or do you do you really want that every single week and i should just shut up and do it hmm. that's a good question what do you think, i, I think consistency whatever whatever it is if it's once a week go for it if it's once every other week i think as long as it's predictably consistent then i think people will get on board with it yeah you know what i mean and like you know, the, the interview I did with Ryan Chadbourne that, you know, first half yep. landed this past Tuesday, yep. you know, we did over two hours of an episode. Yeah. So I found there was a nice little cut off right there in the center and I was able to split it into two. So yep. those, I feel like, okay, well, if we, if we really hit it off and we're, you know, we're going for much longer and we can split it into two episodes, then that would be a back to back week type situation. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just don't know. I'm maybe I'm just overcooking the books and I'm thinking about it way harder than what I should. No, it's but... always good to think through that shit. I, I, you know, and it's, I think 
what is sustainable for you now is likely to continue to be sustainable for you in the future, right? So once you go to weekly, just because you've got a bankroll of content, you got, you, you, at some point you got to, you're going to catch up to yourself, right? Right. right. Uh, and that's what makes it tricky is if your recording schedule isn't as aggressive as your publishing schedule, then you're bound to catch up. And what do you do then? You know? Um, but yeah, I'd be curious what folks think if they just, if they'd be happy with something consistent and if every other week's good or go to weekly. Yeah. And the other side of things is like, you know, I'm, I'm always down to interview people. So if anybody's out there that wants to jump on yeah. the mics, especially now that, you know, I almost never leave my, my property. Yeah. yeah. Welcome <laughs> I, to the I club, wake baby. up here, I go to work here and I go, to, I go to sleep here and I've not yep. really, so literally my books, my, my time slots are really flexible. Um, yeah. So if there's anybody out there that just would love to get on and, you know, slap down an interview, just reach out to me. We can get it booked. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm I'm super happy with them. I really feel like I'm getting in a groove with them. Oh, you did a great job with them. So great. Thank you. Yeah. But, I mean, I, I really hate tooting my own horn, so let's let's move on. <laughs> no, you do. You should toot it. And, and uh, whether it's a trombone or your own horn, toot away, man. Toot away. Hey, I just picked up this... New, have you seen this knife by Tough Built? Knife that, by Tough Built. Yeah, Tough Built's a brand. I've seen it all over the Instagrams, but it's kind of like a utility knife, right? But it has a slide on there to push the blade out. You push it so far, and it comes out like a standard utility knife. Then okay. you push it a little further, and the fucking blade flips, like spins, and it becomes a scraper. Oh, it is pretty damn cool, I have to say. It is really um, cool. If it weren't so damn big, it would make a really good uh, everyday carry and a tool belt. It wouldn't fit in your pocket. But um, anyway, I just happened to have it in my hand, and I'm like, man, this is a pretty damn cool little thing. I picked it, it up sounds the other like, day. It sounds like there's a mechanism in there that would be difficult for people to reproduce. I, I, yeah, I think so. Um, because, like I said, the whole thing flips. It does like a cartwheel kind of move, and it's pretty damn slick. It's come in handy quite a bit on the uh, on the basement job for sure. How's the fidget factor on that thing? Because I'm hearing you flip it over and it's over. It's pretty good. Not as good as, uh, not quite as fidgety as the Jocko whatever maker knife. That's still my all-time favorite fidget tool. There you go. There you that go. has that has a lot of room. Uh, above and beyond others that i've played with speaking kinda, of knife speaking of knives in your possession how's that <laughs> little edc3 coming along have you have you finished about the, the sheath? same as it's been, it was before <laughs> it's still oh, sitting man. there cut out waiting for tooling but uh like i said the this weekend is the basketball tournament and then jack's schedule should open back up so i really want to see some content of youtube you two making a sheath for it like I, we started filming some stuff i i am like so bad lately at content and i don't know why i'm like falling in this hole and i can't get the hell out of it you know that's another thing that i kind of want to talk about is like the hot and cold posting schedules that the two of us have been oh, kind of on so lately. cold so and like cold. so for me it's all because of this move and getting everything all yeah. set up because before before I started this, I would you know post in the morning, post at noon, post at night, the best I could, yeah. 
And, you know, maybe I'd missed a morning post or maybe I'd missed a noon post or whatever. But, like, yep. when I was in the groove, I was in that groove. Right. And it um, is a groove. It's you, you like to describe it that way is perfect because it does become a groove and it becomes a habit and it becomes just something that you do and you become a content producer more so than a consumer. And I've said that before, like when I'm pushing content out, I sort of naturally fall into this where, and I almost don't like it for that because it becomes all about your content. You know, yeah. by the time you put all your shit out there and you're responding and mixing it up with people, there's not a whole lot of time left to actually consume other people's content. You know? Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, um, however, basically what I decided about two weeks ago is I'm just going to go through and I'm going to make three or two to three posts a day. And I'm just going to repost old knives or you know, not like super old knives. Like they're from when I first started, but like you know, a knife that's been around or that I posted, or maybe a couple that I haven't posted a year ago Yeah. or, you know, when I was still, when I was back in the good old days right. when I was making when knives making shit. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, basically I decided I'm just going to start posting and I'm going to, you know, start the little conversations and make reels and, What's yeah. crazy is, you know, for about a month and a half to two months, I hadn't gotten an order in that entire right. time. And I was at such a dry swell. And that's specifically because I wasn't posting very often in that month. I started posting two to three times a day, and I've gotten like seven orders in the last week. Yep. See? And it's like, holy it, shit, I, I can still turn on that tap. It's just me. It's I just, just have it. to get off my ass and turn on that tap. And this shit can start flowing again. And you know what's funny is I don't know that I think I've only ever made one sale on Instagram. Really? Yeah, that I can directly attribute to Instagram. I've just never made sales through Instagram. So for me, it's always been about kind of growing the account, growing the community, right? And mm. and so when the wheels fell off and Instagram quit growing anything there goes my sort of motivation right it's like why why am i putting time into this piece of shit if it's not going to give me anything in return i feel and, that and i i hate to say it that way because everybody oh it's not it's not all about the numbers well no it's not and you know at some level i could care less how big of an account i have but at least it was motivation to keep posting right the so I have to find a new motivation. <laughs> you know, I, I agree with that. And, you know, about about a year ago, I put up a TikTok where it went, it blew up and it got to 150,000 views, which for some people, that's bullshit. Like if I'm Brian House and I'm pulling down, you know, a couple million yeah, every once in a while. Yeah, you know, I understand. Whatever. It fucking is what it is. But I'm a knife, so shit gets suppressed and shit. But anyway, so I made a post where it's just a little seven-second thing. It was, I, I made it about, you know, six months ago or so. And it was a little nano neck knife. And it was just a little guy. And I saw that there was, like, a little crack in it. So I basically just put up a video. Of, oh, um, I remember that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and basically it was, it was I put the tip of it in my vise, and I yep. took my tongs and I snapped that bitch in half. Well, not in yep. half, but I took, yeah, you know, if it's a, a two-inch blade, I took an inch off the end. Yep. So it became very, very short. And basically it was about four seconds of, you know, me snapping it off and showing it and then snapping over basically as the beat drops or as the – as yeah. the music, you know, does its thing, 
you know, I'm showing, you know, the result of this little one inch nano neck knife, little itty itty bitty sh- chopper. <laughs> yeah. And it's, it's just that, you know, perched between my fingers and it like moved towards you and I'm showing it off. And, you know, that blew up. And I think part of it is, part of it is it has to be short, snappy and show, you know, quick to the point and, you know, the music swell and all that bullshit. But I think the other side of things is I think that with some of these social medias about once a year or once or twice a year at tops if you're just a small creator and you're posting semi-regularly they like to give you a little kick in the ass here's a hundred here's a hundred thousand views to really get you motivated to make more of this content that we survive off of for free well it's all about keeping people on the platform right so it would not surprise me at all if every now and then yeah you hit the jackpot you know well it's a it's the thing that pisses me off it's 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 not like a jackpot like you go into you know no. the casino and you actually win money yeah. it's one of those bullshit slot machine um, apps <laughs> on your slots. phone <laughs> where like every every 58 times you pull it it's going to give you a jackpot so that you have the adrenaline rush so that you still sit here right. watching the ads between every fifth pull <laughs> yeah. and it's it's totally generated bullshit it's not oh, totally. actual and well, the thing like that I... really the thing that really fired me up about it is a hundred and some odd people watch this thing and i yeah. got like 15 comments and like 300 yeah. likes so uh-huh. how do you really think that a hundreds i mean i'm not trying to like <laughs> inflate my head here but if a hundred thousand people watch this and only somebody 300 some, people yeah, like somebody it, else had something to say you know 15 fucking comments come and on I, and i looked at the um the uh, the little chart thing and mm-hmm. it had an average of like 150 percent viewed so they're watching it all the way through once and then uh, almost right, halfway then through the second time yep. and you're telling me someone watched this thing for a you know full-time watch they went almost all the way through the second time well and they're the not doing anything the, with it those are the dudes sitting on the can and that that second time around was wiping their ass and then they, <laughs> then they picked up their phone <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! <laughs> Maybe some had to shake their shake their cock a little. They're taking a piss, you know. <laughs> oh my god! Hold on, set the phone down. You, <laughs> you don't dare do that with Instagram on Reels now, you know, because inevitably you'll end on some shitty post and you're shaking your dick to you know dry off a little, and Instagram thinks you like that shit, and that's all they're going to show you from then on. Yep. <laughs> yep. No, but I so. I turned the 15K mark last week, two weeks ago, something like that. And I thought the same thing, like, shit, I'm starting to get some followers again. Like, what the hell's going on? And I was after about a week of semi-regular posting, and I think the same thing, like, huh, could it be that easy? Probably not, you know? And then I didn't, I didn't keep up the regular posting, so I'll never know. But I don't know. It's... Uh, it's a really interesting Instagram time and it just it doesn't feel like we're out of the funk yet listening to the making our way podcast uh, Grant Alexander and um, Chris Powell from full steam designs they were on there talking about monetizing content and sure. they're doing pretty damn well over on Facebook believe it or not and uh, got monetized on Reels on Facebook. And 
I think Christy was saying she was monetized with less than like 200 followers on her Facebook account. Really? And yet I still can't get monetized on any of it. Yeah. Are you posting directly to Facebook or letting Instagram do the cross post? Is that my problem that I'm letting I Instagram cross post? Yeah, I think they're going directly to Instagram and posting it to their feed or whatever the hell it is. Um, back in the day, they used to call it updates, but I don't know what the hell they call it now. But they're actually posting to Facebook instead of letting the app do it, I believe. Interesting. What, which, <laughs> what is funny to me is it's all under the same company. Yeah, so, like, why right? would they separate that out and, like, I don't know. punish I don't you know. for using another entity of their own company? Yeah, I have no idea. It's almost like it's two separate companies in a lot of ways, you know. But I still think, and I've said it before on this show, I think Facebook is a hidden gold mine. Nobody wants to go there. None of us really like it. But boy, I think if you learn how best to use Facebook, you could do really well, both and in marketing your business and selling content. I've said this time and time again, and I'll say it again. Facebook is where the money is at. Yeah. That's where, you yeah. know, that's where kind of, I mean, I'm not, I'm not trying to be anything that I'm not trying to be, but yeah. like, Instagram is like the 30 to 40 year olds and you yeah. know, maybe a little bit of the twenties in there too. TikTok is where all the kids are at. There's no money there. Yeah. And you know, everywhere from four, everyone from 40 up has a Facebook and is yeah. avidly on there. Who happens well, to have uh, right, uh, uh, what you all call the wealth. It? Yeah. They have money to spend, right? They, right. They've got, they've got fun, fun money that they're willing to buy. I mean, I, like I said, I've never made a direct sale, maybe one on Instagram. Nearly all of my woodworking commissions came from Facebook. What's kind of funny to me is whenever I post on my business account, like I get maybe 10 to 20 views. Yeah. And what's really funny, and I was, I was kind of lighting them up a little bit on our, on our text chain, like I would get 10 views and then the little thing at the bottom, it says boost this and we'll show it to like 250 <laughs> right. more people for 10 fucking dollars. Yeah. Oh, wow. What a great followers. ROI on my $10 is 300 oh, more views. Thanks, you jerks. Yeah. Ugh, jackasses. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's uh, I keep waiting for the next big thing, you know, because there's so many people down in the mouth about Instagram right now. I think if, if some legitimate something came forward, people would jump ship in a second. Um, I don't just, know, man. It's, you know, people are so set in their ways and kind of like the law, nine tenths yeah. of the law is who has the shit. Yeah. You know, people are there. Yeah. It's hard it's to pull people away and from And that's things. the hard part is you're right. People are there and Instagram has become more about community than anything. So I, I, I don't, fault it for that it still holds the best maker communities out there right you'll ne you'll never find uh, a bigger group of like-minded individuals than you can on instagram um but if you're looking purely at the numbers it's a tough sell it's a really tough fucking sell um i just i don't know you know you hear more people going back to youtube now even like putting my money on YouTube because, well, it's at least paying. It may not pay a lot, but history shows it's not going anywhere either. And it's going to continue to be a moneymaker. I don't know. Jeremy from Simple Little Life is posting way more often. Oh, man, I on, love it. 
YouTube than he has been. And I have been eating that shit up. Yeah. I have, it's it almost feels like I'm back to the beginning of my knife making career. It's crazy again, because I'm watching his shit as soon as it posts. I'm watching <laughs> it and I'm like super fired up about it. Oh, it and, gets me going because I look at his shit and I know it's not, but he makes it look so easy. You yeah. know, he makes just a simple little project with a simple video and boom, it's gold mine. But he's so fucking good at it that it just he makes it look effortless and i the love thing, it the thing that i love about it is every once in a while he'll do like vlog style stuff yeah and like i know the vlog is dead but he does it but so well it? that i know i, I know, know i know I, I know i mean i think we've put a different spin on the vlog and even project videos are vlog like you know and i i've been really I've been watching a lot of Jeremy stuff because I've been trying to figure out how to tell this story of this crazy fucking leatherwork project that I'm undertaking, you know? Right. And I want to show like <clears throat> this level of work or this level of job can be done from this tiny workshop, you know, like, and show people everything from pricing to sourcing materials and the whole bit. And about the only way I can think really to show that is with a sort of vlog style series, but I don't want it to be too day in the life, you know, like sure. house was doing those weekend review kind of things there for a little while. And I think that's more the style I'm looking for, but I don't know. I've been trying to find a, a good blend. Christie's cousin uh, runs a production company with a couple of his, uh, friends or I guess co-owners of the company and they've been in business for shit probably 10 years or more now over in the Pittsburgh area and they're doing really well for themselves and it was really kind of cool to talk with him he was out for skiing this past week and took a look in the shop and helped me out with some lighting ideas and just some different storyline ideas and man I'll tell you so different such a different perspective to talk to somebody like him who does this kind of shit for a living, right? Right. right. <laughs> um, he tells stories. They make commercials for big brothers, big sisters, for a few big insurance companies back in Pennsylvania. And, you know, how to tell that story in a shorter form video. And man, he gave me some really cool ideas. Whether or not they can pull them off, I don't know. We'll see. But just really neat. I've always struggled with taking um taking entertainment seriously you know what i mean like yeah the whole like even if i think even if i were making props for a star wars movie i'd still have a hard time like really taking myself seriously you know <laughs> is it is it the imposter syndrome that's that's screwing you up uh somewhat yeah i think probably you could boil it down to that but not quite imposter syndrome it's more Oh, I don't know. It's more like it's not serious. You mm. know what I mean? It's not um, maybe because a lot of what I end up doing is so far outside of a mold or a norm. You know, it doesn't really fit. Um, we'll take the leather workshop. It doesn't really fit the leather work industry and it doesn't quite fit the uh, carpentry industry. It fits the interior design industry, but I know nothing about that and have never really worked in that. So it's this right. really gray area. And, you know, that I, I've started to take seriously because 
just the dollars behind it and all that stuff. But um, creating a persona for myself to put online in a video just seems so foreign to me. You know, mm. <laughs> it's like it's like um, thinking about an actor in front of a green screen, you know, like, how do you take yourself seriously in that environment? It's definitely something, it's definitely something you have to get used to. And like when yeah. I was first making YouTube videos, I really struggled with that. And I was really worried about getting everything, you know, every single word figured out to the precision of how it's yeah. going to be. And, you know, I was very robotic and very nervous on camera. And yeah. then finally, Kyle, my video guy, pulled me aside. and was like, hey, people aren't looking for perfect, polished, you know, yeah. whatever. They're looking to watch you and how right. you make your things and, you know, the entertainment of watching someone come up from, you know, the little guy. I think so that's be the little guy. Kinda, be be yeah. who you are and, you know, have fun with it and just roll. Yeah. I think that's part of it, right, is you worry about all these small little freaking things. But at the end of the day, it's like, well, I worry about all those things. But at the end of the day, the realization is ah, about 200 fucking people are going to watch this when I put it online. Who gives a shit? <laughs> <laughs> you know, so it's like, yeah, I mean. <laughs> oh, my God. That hit me right to my core. <laughs> you know, like, oh, I hit that shit, and I'm like, at the end of the day, it's like, what the fuck are you doing, man? You know, like, come on. Who the hell are you? And so I think some of it is imposter syndrome but some of but a lot of it is never feeling like you're as big as you need to be in a way yeah. right make it like you make it to put out yeah and i don't know i struggle with faking it till i make it i guess you know because it's like like i said it's particularly for me with youtube videos i put them out there and literally maybe a couple hundred people watch them you know and it's like man this is a shitload of effort for a couple hundred people. But the realization okay. is you got to put 20 of them out there. <laughs> well, know? here's the thing. Jeremy from Simple Little Life, I mean, I'm sure when he started, the first videos he put out, he was getting 20 people and then 100 yeah. people. And then, you know, it just keeps growing and growing and growing. And yep. it doesn't grow unless you're consistent. That's and I know, part. you know, that's the thing that we harp on. Consistency is king. And then here we are, some assholes who don't post consistently. <laughs> the worst offenders, I know. But it's still, it still rings true. I mean, I'll, I'll preach that forever, even if I can't follow it. I mean, you'd have to be a fool to look around and not come to that conclusion, right? right. Um, even some of the people that you see that you're like, man, they're just really not that good, or their personality doesn't really fit the space. Any names you want to throw out there? Whatever. Well, not in particular, but... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> But then you see somebody like I was watching a video yesterday by Make with Miles, right? And it's this college age kid that makes shit and he makes all kinds of stuff, whether it's Arduino stuff or furniture or whatever. And the kid just has that personality. But what the personality is, is, is it's not manufactured. It's yeah. it's as real as, as his handle seems. It's just Make with Miles and it's not perfect. His video editing's really good and he gets some really killer shots for only a one man band. But at the end of the day, it's Miles. And and that rings through night and day like a shining armor on every one of his videos. It's just him. And the, the how guy do you get who's there? the guy who's jumping to mind for me is Don Wynn. 
for knife making. Mm, yeah, you can yeah. really and he's he's right about that same age, 20, 25 somewhere in there, but he makes high high end high polished stuff, but yeah. you can just tell watching it. He's yeah. like at times he's serious, at times he's goofy, and it's literally just him. They turn on the cameras and they do what they do. Yeah. And you can just tell that it's just who he is and that's the comfort the comfortability he, on yep. camera is just because he's not acting as if the camera's there. Yes, right. he might be talking to you and telling you what he's going to do, but it could be he's talking to his buddy. Yeah. And it's just, it is what it is. Do you think some of that's in the edit? I've always kind of felt that way, that <sighs> I'm just not a very good editor. And I've thought about, I, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty damn good, if I dare say, at just turning a camera on and completely being myself. But I don't I mean, know just what it to, is. Just listen to any of these podcasts right. and you know who you are, Ben. But I don't know what it is about myself that makes me unique or makes me appealing to watch or listen to. You know what I mean? And I think sometimes if I paid an editor to edit a few videos that didn't know me that well, maybe they tease that part out for me and then it becomes a thing, you know? Because I think, like it or not, you've got to have that thing, whatever it is, big, small, whatever. We were talking about uh, bourbon moth, right? That's what she said. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. You got to have that thing, big and or small. Me, you got it. I got a big fucking thing. All right, Ben. <laughs> Too far. One step. Um, we were talking about bourbon moth earlier before we jumped on, and I think that there's a guy that has very a very unique characteristic right he's funny he's corny he's whimsical you like it you don't like it either way it'll entertain you sure. for whatever the reason might be right you some people watch it because they really love his corny jokes other people watch it because they can't stand his corny jokes but damn it they just can't not watch you know <laughs> um and i think that there's there's something to be said for that in a in a sea of content creators you've got to have that little thing and i'd just be curious to see what an editor an editor would pull out if i were to film an entire project myself and completely be myself what would they All what right. would they pick up on so speaking of behind the scenes bullshit that you're dealing Hi with let's let's so Let's lift the veil a little bit. We started the show and we had no plans going in because Brian normally does the after show prep. Like he's got yes. the question ready and all that stuff. Oh yeah. Do you do you have a question? Can you get into that Patreon and pull one of those out? Mm, let me see. And while you're doing that, I'm gonna go to WFI projects and shout out some people and give yeah. you enough time to do that and maybe find a dad joke and we can we can really corral this this show into the ending. You got it. All right, first one I want to shout out is Brian Hooten of Hooten Knives. This is a post where he is standing in front of this green screen looking building with a sign way far in the background. But as unlike normally when you see something coming out of Brian Hooten's shop or a picture or something, it's this sexy little knife or it's this really badass, mm -hmm. you know, workplace or whatever. This is just him standing there, and that is because. This place, it's called Lean's, L-E-E-N-S, General, he, um, in Springfield, Ohio, is carrying his knives, which means he is making knives at a level that a little shop there has decided to pick him up and sell his knives, like, commercially. And that is such a huge step. And congratulations to Brian, because that is, like, 
man, that's that's what you want. It's it's a consistency. It's it's a you know source that you can always sell to, and like, you know, you don't have to worry like if I make this knife, how long is it going to sit on the shelf? Well, you know, these these guys over there, they're going to take it because they know that your quality is high enough to True. you know warrant that. And good for you, man. The next one, we always shout out Kawa and Jeanette, Carol and Jeanette. She has been she the knife. She knife. Maniac. The spoon queen. Yeah. She's the wooden carving spoon queen. Um, this one, I really love it. And I have I have some, you know, knife or some, God, I keep saying knives, spoons from her. Really beautiful. Yeah. But I love this two-tone one where it's kind of a warmer, basically from you know, almost the end of the handle down to the spoon itself is like this warm light wood. And then the rest of it, I think, is a purple heartwood because it's like this maroonish purple color. And oh my gosh, that speaks to me because yeah. you know, part of part of that spoon is kind of like a goldy wooden color, and then the rest of it's maroon. And you know, the college I went to is Central Michigan, who's maroon and gold. So this oh, this is like I didn't know oh that. boy, this, I was this is the perfect and gold spoon. in high school. Were you really? Yeah, we were the Crusaders. Oh yeah, we were the Chippewas. Yeah. But yeah, Caroline Jeanette, go check her out. She is one hell of a maker. And I mean, just these things look so pretty. Every single time, there's not a spoon in her entire feed that you would go like, oh, what happened to that one? You know? They're yeah. all gorgeous. Gorgeous, yeah, gorgeous. She ones. knocks it out of the park, man. It's and the, the the amount of spoons she creates, like she's it's like a new one every day. It's amazing. Yeah, she's she's kicking into the high gear. Do you have yourself set up, or should I keep going? I think so. All right, I'm gonna do one more just in case you need a couple couple more things. Okay. Moochie underscore Damascus underscore yep. blades. Dude, this guy is kicking ass. He's <laughs> been making these these chisels out of Damascus. Yeah. And I mean, I've I've seen some really cool Damascus knives. I don't think I've ever seen Damascus chisels that look as good as these. Yeah, I, I don't think I have either. And they are just phenomenal. <laughs> they are so sexy. And it looks like he makes instruments, too. From one of the pictures I saw uh, of his shop, it looked like he was making some kind of stringed instrument. I didn't uh, know that. As well. I didn't. I couldn't tell, like, was he in a different shop or what, but he had a bunch of jigs and fixturing for uh, some kind of stringed instrument making, and I don't know exactly what type, but... Well, he's in St. Pittsburgh, Florida, and it's M-U-C-I underscore Damascus underscore Blades, and yeah, he's definitely a follow, definitely one you should check out. He's a really cool dude. Um, Yeah, he's kicking ass. Yeah. Are you ready to go? Which, well, first, let's do the yep. dad joke. Let's let's, let's get dad this dad joke. joke. All right, you got the you got the instrument warm. I I can make it happen, man. I can cold. <laughs> I can blow on a cold bone any day. What? <laughs> Woo! Hey. What did the evil chicken lay? What did the evil chicken lay? Deviled eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Nice. Um, All right, guys. So if you guys are new here and you haven't heard, um, we have a Patreon. And there's a whole after show after all the bullshit you've listened to. If you want to listen to more, you can go to our Patreon and spend $1 a month. By the time it all trickles out, I think it's like $10, almost $11 for the entirety of the year to get this after show. And that's where we will take your questions and you know really discuss what's going on. 
and uh, yeah, we're we're going to really provide a lot of of effort into the after show, and we're gonna have a really good time over there. Uh, yeah, we're good. We're definitely gonna have some fun. So, what is the question, and who is it from this for this after show? We've got a couple of questions that I oh, we, can. We only got to do one. Come on now, we can't. I'm we can't let keep you doing pick. more. I'm gonna let you pick. So one of them deals with logos. And okay. what do you look for? Hold on, in a hold logo? on. Let's let's do like really abstract. Give me give me some like really abstract. What one question is, and I'll just randomly pick one. Okay, abstract. First, no, don't tell me who. I don't. I don't want to be influenced by who. Uh, first one is logos. What's what's the next logos. question? The second one is um, grants or loans available for makers. <laughs> so I, I've got nothing for that. So let's not do that. One. That's a Brian one, House question. Uh, the third one deals with um, sort of tax and finance tips. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, <laughs> that's a Brian question too because I'm really <laughs> shitty at that. Uh, Let's do the logos. Let's do the logos. Okay, logos it is. That is from the one and only, our short fat friend, Mr. Brigham Kindell. Brigham Kindell. And he says, hey guys, each of you have good logos. I'm struggling with mine for knife making. What do you, f what do you look for in a logo? Any tips you can give me? We will cover that in the after show. And if you're a patron, you can tune into the after show there on Patreon. And while you're there, drop us a question or three and we'll answer it in the after show. And as yeah, Brian absolutely. House would say, what you hear may surprise you very much. We're going to bring the value <laughs> in the after show. I hope to see you all there. Um, yeah, we appreciate you all. We hope you all have a fantastic working week. Work for it, baby! I, I'm not going to yell again. My voice is already hurting from that <laughs> intro. That was ridiculous. I shouldn't have done that. Oh, we might even cover a little bit of two questions. Or I'll give you, I'll give you an idea on the tax tip thing of where to go to look for some killer info. How about that? Tax tip? Just the, just the tax just tip? Just the tax tip. Just the tip of the tax man coming at you work for it guys <laughs>